Hello and welcome to Bottled Up on a mission to create conversations and make the mental health of men a top priority. You're joined by myself, Sunny, and Mayank, close friends from university who want to share the stories of everyday people on our platform. The reason? Because we are not alone. Before we kick this conversation off, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your conversations. It makes a huge difference to our reach with these awesome guests and potentially life-saving conversations. And if you haven't just yet, it takes 20 to 30 seconds to leave us a review and would help us out massively. Thank you again and buckle up for another great conversation. We're on, we're live. We're, we're we are live. Our first international podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're joining uh, us from uh, which country at the moment, Mank? Uh, Montenegro. Um, we're, we're having, having a ball, Monty. but that, there's only one thing that will, that will make me come out of my hiatus, and that is to <laughs> sit down with the one and only Bachelor Holly. <laughs> yeah. What, what time, by the way, just for those, those listening, and what time have you <laughs> clocked this one, episode at? 1 a.m. in the morning, mate. 1 a.m. in the morning. And I, I, I have <laughs> no regrets Montenegro. whatsoever. But you know, if I'm sounding a little bit different, mate, it's actually because um, I've left my oh, my actual table microphone back in London, so um, I'm currently carrying a lapel mic with me. So if I'm sounding a little bit different, I do apologise. I'm just on the lapel. Yeah, so. there's. Uh, I think. I think. I. I, I think there's probably a, there's probably an episode you and I probably have to do breaking down your travels. Um, but that is not the purpose of this episode. Exactly. The purpose of this episode is very much batcha hooli. Um, exactly, mate. What is uh, this? Is obviously you know a couple of moments just after we finished that episode with him. But um, wow, we that was good, man. It was awesome. I mean, like it was what it sort of, it sort of was a, a couple months back when we sat down with Trent Cochin, um, yeah. and he was very for, very fortunate of him, and, and shout out to him as well. Like he he connected us with um, with Thatcher. It's pretty much a dream come true for us, man. Like it's uh, we've seen him on we've seen him so much on television. He's been such an he's a, he's been such an inspiration for people, you know, of of, of multicultural backgrounds. Um, it's it's incredible, and and I think you know. Um, yeah, just speechless, honestly. It's, uh, you know, yeah. for, for a lot of people listening and you'll probably realize, you know, some of you might be familiar, some of you might not be familiar with his story, but, um, you know, all Australian, uh, multi-premiership player for the uh, Richmond Tigers. Um, yep. But I think what the most important thing above all is obviously, um, you know, one of the first, or well, I think the first Orthodox um, Islamic or, or Muslim uh, person to play in the AFL. But what's most yep. important is you, and you'll recognize as, as we ask these questions that, Football was never his first priority. It was always yeah. his faith and the devotion that he had to Allah and, and, and the Prophet, so peace be upon him. And, Absolutely. And, and I think, Mank, we were really fortunate to see that side of him. Yeah. In, in everything, yeah. I hadn't really, literally in, in all the TV interviews that, I, that, I, um, that, I've, that I've seen of him, and from all of that, I had never seen this side of Bacha, and especially him sort of speaking, like, he felt really comfortable when he was sort of just speaking his mm-hmm. mind and it was that kind of connection that we had with him which i, which I think is like you know it, it was it was just it was really yeah. it was gold to have and yeah. i think like even though we're all coming from different countries yeah i could you could definitely oh. feel the energy and the connection that we have with him so um yeah i think i think, I think that's enough of a teaser yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's enough of a teaser and uh um yeah i hope everyone enjoys this episode yeah. and you know, reach out to Mank and I with your thoughts because I think um, for two people, both of us were South Asian, and and getting someone on from a um, you know his his faith is um, 
it's something that's spread across you know the middle eastern continent the yep. uh, south asian continent you know different continents around the world so mm-hmm. um no matter your background i think there's something in here for you as well so absolutely um i think that's it mink uh, that's it mate over to you batcha over to you batcha Awesome, Batcha mate. Thank you, uh, thank you so much uh, for for joining us. Um, so it, I don't know. I feel like when we, Sunny Matt, when we take a step back and, and sort of see sort of how how this journey of bottled up has gone, I think like we've spoken to so many sort of many incredible guests, and I think we're it's an honor and a privilege to have you to, to be speaking to you, Batcha. We've been following your story a lot. Um, we spoke to Trent um, just a, just about a month ago, and he th- th- and shout out to him for giving us the connection. Um, so much, much appreciated, brother, and um, yeah, and thank you so much for being part of the the bottled up family and um, and a part of our project. No worries, thanks for having me on. Sorry, it's taken a little bit of time, but it's just the, the fact that everyone's <laughs> got these podcasts going and trying to trying to keep up. Um, but look, we're here, yeah. we're here, and uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's have a good chat. Thanks, mate. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to we wanted to start off with a bit of a cheeky question. So. Just a bit of context. I'm an Essendon supporter uh, since birth, since I came out of my mum's womb, and and Sunny's been a Richmond supporter. Um, so uh, we sort of we sort of identify with different parts of your story here, Batcher. But the question that I've been wanting to ask you, that both of us have been wanting to ask you over the past sort of uh, ten years or so, at what point did you realise that moving from Essendon to Richmond was the best decision you ever made in your career? <laughs> uh, probably with. <laughs> Within six months, yeah. the fact that I escaped escaped mm, that mm. saga, yeah, um, yeah. Well, not it wasn't really the success part of uh, of being at Richmond that made me realise, oh well, that, this is an amazing move. But I think the fact that you know I escaped that that moment where I guess I would have been uh, cornered in as well and just followed because uh, as you do, you you know you trust your hierarchy and you know you do what you have to do. So, and I think if I if I had I had I I've stayed, I think I would have been caught up with that, no mm. doubt. Being a fringe player, wanting to, you know, obviously, uh, you know, to, to fit in uh, and, and to be part of a, a, a culture that I guess it's not going against any of my values because the reality is you're you're doing what's best for the team and you know you're, you're on that mm. journey together. So about six months, yeah. I reckon six months, six to twelve yeah. months. Or I don't really know exactly when it came out, but yeah, when it came out, I felt yeah. like wow. Uh, I think I was looked after oh by God, God right yeah. there, and then yeah. uh, to have that to have that success was um, yeah, I'm like yeah, okay, this this is this has definitely been the greatest move. <laughs> Batcha, one of the things that we um, I think for Mank and I, one of the things we've learned over the last two years uh, on this podcast journey is obviously embracing vulnerability. Uh, Trent Cochin spoke about it uh, when he came on talking about getting in front of the boys. You know, you often feel quite don't like you feel quite daunted by the uh op, like you know getting in front of the boys um all these eyes staring at you but what it actually creates is a lot of trust and you form this sort of deep bond that you have with your peers your colleagues your your bros and so um we thought maybe one way to kick this off today was to share one thing that we're all vulnerable about and hopefully from that we can dive deep into a pretty uh deeper conversation because we've got some wonderful topics uh that we want to crack open so um having having said that i I've given this some thoughts, so maybe I can kick off, and uh, Mank, I might pass over to you then, then to Batcha. So absolutely, um, absolutely. One one of the things that's sort of going through my uh, my mind at the moment is uh, for some of the people listening in, um, you know that uh, kind of have been raised by my mother. Dad suffers from a bit of addiction, and it's been quite the journey the last couple of years. And so, single parent household, I'm kind of navigating my twenties at the moment. One of the things, um, I guess, as your parents, uh, as mum gets older. Um, more and more health conditions kind of pop up and 
Um, it's been going okay. It's in a much better spot than it was 10 years ago. But, um, you know, part of me feels selfish in saying this and part of me uh, feels as if, um, you know, it's just the natural part of life, you know, looking after your parents and as they grow older. But um, being in my 20s, um, something that's making me quite anxious now is kind of how that might play out over the next five to 10 years. Um, obviously, health, well, I want to make sure that she's feeling awesome and uh, on top of the world. But part of me is also, you know, a little bit anxious about how that might play out in my own life and my priorities and my goals and my ambitions. Um, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, I'd want to travel, explore the world, um, move out. Um, I've got a younger brother as well. And uh, just knowing that context, how that might play out and what the implications are for me. Um, but um, only only time can tell uh, with something like that. But that it would be remiss for me to uh, disregard that as, you know, a thought that's been playing on my head for the last couple of months. So um, all positive, though. Otherwise, her health is good. Um, but just something that's been going through my mind. Mm. Uh, Meg? I might pass over to you. Thanks for yeah, thanks for sharing that, Sonny. I, I I didn't know that, mate. So um, I think it's a good, it's a good little segment that we've got here. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I I haven't shared that too much. Yeah, that's, so, that's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, thanks for sharing. Um, one of the things that I I feel like I'm feeling a bit vulnerable about, just to give you a bit of context, Batcher. I've actually I've, I've moved overseas, so I've taken a career break and I've moved overseas. And one of the things that so one of the things that I value is connection with my friends. And I feel like I have a very close, close set of friends back in Melbourne. Sonny, mate, you're included, don't worry. And, <laughs> and I feel like I've got a, you know, a very strong system of, of infrastructure around me to, to help me, to support me through whenever I'm, I'm going through a very difficult time. And having moved overseas for, for, for a while, I, I, one, of the, one of the, I guess, like I'm feeling vulnerable and I guess I'm feeling a bit anxious about is losing those connections, being obviously being, being separated apart and, and with different time zones, not being having that, that same daily communication with with my friends and my family it's um it's something that does bring that does you know make me think about you know in about five ten years will i be as close to my brothers as i was sort of you know a couple of years ago and i think for me that's one thing that i'm sort of vulnerable and um and anxious about right now um and yeah i'm, I'm hoping over over the sort of the, that that doesn't happen but um that's one thing that i'm i'm anxious about Bachelor, what how about you mate i'm so embarrassed because the fact that i've i don't really have anything wow. i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad that's thing good. but um i actually and throughout honestly i'll be honest throughout my journey you know even when i got up and spoke in front of the group with our triple h um at the footy club you know obviously trent led the way with his his journey and how he was feeling vulnerable and how he set the mark i I so I so feel embarrassed because um, even like I don't know if it's embarrassment or I feel like I'm just very um, I'm, I'm in a good place. I'll be honest. And when I when I look at things in my life, um, I feel like yeah, just whatever. It, it's all good. It's actually all good. And not not believing that it's all like you know, um, you know, believing in myself or kind of telling myself that it's all good. It's actually all good. I'm actually all sweet. Uh, I couldn't be more happier in my life. Um, and that's been the journey that I've had, particularly for the, for a number of years now where I just live in the moment and I literally live in the moment. Like I'm not sitting here worrying about past and, you know, I should have done that or, you know, I should have had another year or two in my footy and, you know, I should be doing that and regretting stuff. I actually legitimately feel so happy at the moment that I couldn't ask for any more. Um, I don't regret anything, to be quite honest. And, uh, you know, I, I'm feeling very happy and content in my life. And, and the one thing that this comes from, the one thing this comes from is my faith yeah. and my connection yeah. with the Creator. Because, because I have that sincerely, and I don't want to brag about it, but I feel so content in my heart that 
life is so good and I'm just living in the moment and literally just enjoying every moment that I have in my life. And, you know, I've got such a great balance in my life where I wouldn't have it any, any other way. The one thing I would love to do personally is love to travel, travel overseas mm. just to, you know, I've been talking, talking about this with my, my wife. How can we continue to excel and think about the next generation grow up, you know, being our kids. Now our kids, um, you know, obviously we, we come from the Arabic background. And my kids do not know one word of Arabic. Now, partially, that's our fault. Probably 95% of it is our fault because we at home speak English and only English. Mm. And, you know, mum always reminds us about it. Like, she's like, oh, I can't believe your kids can't speak one word. They don't understand. So mum and dad have to speak English to them for them to, to communicate, which which upsets me. And I feel so, so guilty of, of it. And, um, you know, part of me just wants, the only thing that I'd love to do in the near future is to be able to travel overseas to an, to an Arab country where our kids are just going to speak Arabic for three or four months of that year, just to pick up pick up the language. Because if we keep going down this journey, you know, our this generation growing up and the one after, the, the Arabic language is going to disappear. And and I, I do I do fear that. And also for me as well to further my studies and understanding about my faith, culture, etc. So that's one thing I'd love to do in the near future. Mm-hmm. Which um, and the only thing I guess is holding back is one thing is the main thing is the the fact that my parents are both still alive they're in the 70s mm. they're, they're relatively healthy but you know the last thing i want to do is you know if they do fall ill or something happens that big regret of spending that extra bit of time with them because mm. you know i obviously value my parents in my life where side by side we see each other at least two or three That's times awesome. a week um and that connection is there so i don't want to miss that opportunity but yeah so i don't know if you want to call it uh where I'm just, I'm so content in my life and I don't have anything um, that I'm vulnerable for. But I think that's one thing I just want to focus in my life in the near future where, you know, hopefully that's the only thing that I want to tick off, Mm. tick that box in the near future. Mm. One thing, one thing I will say, Batch, it's definitely not an embarrassment. (laughs) I think it's definitely a state that a lot of people want to be in. You're right. The word embarrassment is probably not the word, but it's probably what's come up <laughs> mind. But it's it's just it's just the contentment in my life where I feel like nice. everything is, is going really really smooth and honestly Absolutely. very very smooth. Which, um, but Absolutely. like I said, I referred that back to what the connection that I have with my creator because I do have a true purpose in this life, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and it works for me. And I'm, you know, I don't let a lot of things get to me. I just live live by pretty freely, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As um as some uh, as someone in uh, sort of in our twenties and we're sort of and I think Sunny and I have definitely spoken about this. Um, I feel like when we, 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 the world that we the world that we're living in is so interconnected. I mean, just last uh, this a couple of months back, um, I remember looking at a photo um that NASA released about um that they, they sort of showed an exact snapshot of the billion year history of the universe and what that looked like and. As a twenty-year-old, sort of making our way into this into this world, I think that sort of uh, definitely sort of raised a lot of questions around in the from the existential kind of nature as to you know what's the purpose when we're so we're literally a speckle of dust like floating in the in the vast universal expanse. Uh, I guess the the question that sort of that sort of arises from that is you know it, it sort of leads back to this idea of faith and having faith and, and having a belief in a higher purpose. How is your faith? And you've sort of alluded to it a bit there, but how is your your faith in Islam, how has that sort of helped you find purpose in your life and, and, and sort of reach this stage of your, or this stage of contentment? I think what it, what it helps is the fact that, you know, we, we, we live, uh, we live in this life. We, this is uh, telling you uh, the belief of Islam and, and those who practice the faith of Islam is that living in this life, 
it's it's a journey it's basically a you know we're travelers that's the word i was looking mm-hmm. for so basically we're living in this life as travelers in order to do the best we possibly can to connect with the creator um and live life you know people think connecting with god means that you're spending 24 hours in the church or so i should say mosque um you know uh you know giving charity completely uh you know not doing a single single thing wrong and this is not faith faith is a way of life it's everything that is part of your life you know what i mean that's why i've been able to play footy fulfill my dream uh have this awesome balance in my life because I've got that, I know what my true purpose in life is. And like I said, we, I'm, I live my life as a traveler in this life. Mm. I enjoy it. I want to make money. I want to be happy. I want to make, I want to do the things that make my family happy and those around me happy. Um, and this is part of faith. This is part of worship, worshiping God. So living in this life as a traveler, knowing that the hereafter is there waiting for me in paradise. Mm. Uh, and this is a life of eternity. It's not a life that, you're not even guaranteed for how long you're going to live for. Mm. You know that's that's something you and I can't control. But what you can control is this moment. How do you spend this moment in your life up until that time of death? Because that is one guarantee in life, exactly. isn't it? That yeah. we're all going to pass, and according to what you believe in, you know, is whatever going to happen to you. But for me, you know, having that blessing that if I do things correct in my life according to the teachings of our prophet, beloved prophet, peace be upon him, uh, you know, inspired by God that i'm going to be all sweet and Mm. my 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 destiny is paradise forever not for 67 years or 100 years let it be 200 years whatever it may be (laughs) that i'm going to live life eternity with no troubles with no worries with no jealousy with no running off of this life and Mm. you know unfortunately you know falling into depression and and anxiety and so that this doesn't exist in paradise so Mm. um that's that's what i live my life for that's what i live my life for and i can't wait for that and uh you know i will do my best in order to please the creator uh mm. and help my family do follow in the same footsteps so that we can mm. all follow in that journey uh and, and live happily ever after mm. so that's yeah that's finding true purpose in life and that's why i said before that i don't really find um any troubles in my life I, i'm living life to the best of my ability and that's purely from following the creator's law that is so beautifully said. I don't know. I don't know about you, Mank, but I feel like this nice, warm feeling in my heart. You know, 100%. as you were speaking, Bacha. Um, you know, you know, with uh, Islam, uh, you know how there's like the five core pillars that sit underneath, and I've I've heard you speak about this, uh, Bacha, around one of the one of the very literal meanings of um, the word Islam is to surrender. Um, we belong to God, and we will return back to God. And I think, you know, the question I want to ask is sort of how that principle has guided you in your own life. Because for me, as I reflect on that sentiment or that statement, it's, you know, so much of life, sometimes we we try and fight against things when, you know, I think for me, a lot of the peace that I've got is just by accepting things for what they are, you know, whether it be my job, the hours I work, um, the commitments I have the people I have around me. Um, yes, you should question these. Yes, you should, you should be intentional and conscious about what you create around you. But, you know, if you're just fighting against it and fighting against what is already meant to be, then you're going to create a lot of difficulties for yourself. Um, that's my reflections. But I'm very keen to hear for you, from you is, you know, how, how that this principle of, um, you know, surrendering um, has kind of guided you as you go through your own life. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a tough one because like I, like I said before that the fact that we you know you know we live life um, full of challenges and you know just wanting to fit in and 
you know, it's, you know, you, you want to do the best you possibly can to, to keep people happy. And the reality is I, I find that like, um, you know, this way of life that I've created for my life, I feel like I'm the minority. Do I change my ways because just so I can fit in with, with, with others? Um, no, because I, I find complete uh, sincerity and happiness and contentment in my life through that. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've learned to, to become this person over years. It, it didn't happen. As a 16, 17-year-old, if you're, if you're looking for that, it's hard to find unless you fully, you've grown up in an environment where you've been educated about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up really in that environment. You know, I came from a family that was just culturally driven, not really Islamically dr- driven. So I was, I had to find my own way, to be quite honest. Um, I went to an Islamic school and I just grew love and passion for my faith. And, you know, the, the more I understood the why I do things in my faith, the more I appreciated it and I wanted to do it even more and more and, 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 and be better at it. So, and I've, I've learned to grow in this area and, and be where I am today. So, um, and that's, that's why I said before, you know, having that balance is super important and that contentment and, you know, not overly striving to, to, to feel happy in this life, because mm. if you're looking for complete happiness in mm. this life, it doesn't exist. I can guarantee it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? You can be happy, don't get me wrong, and content, but if you're looking for complete happiness, it's, you're just not going to find it in this mm. life because that's the world we live in. That is the world we live mm. in. There's people out there that just that want to see you do well, yeah. and that can drive you down. So it's hard to, to say positively geared all the time, mm. but when you have the element of faith and your greater purpose of life and, and your and your true existence, then you know you you should be in a good head headspace. So um, I think the biggest one for me is is my surrounding and, and the environment that I create for myself. And, you know, spending my time with with quality people, people that are going to remind me of this this thing that I'm that I'm on the journey I'm on. Um, and that's why I connect myself. I connect myself to the place of worship because there are people that are on the same journey, and they're reminding us. And you know, you, you listen to, um, you know, to 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 stories of the past. You listen to, you know, our our leaders, and they just keep reminding you of what your true purpose of life. And mm. you know, the reality is, if you're looking mm. for complete happiness in this life, you know, we use the word in Arabic in this dunya. Yeah, you're going to not find it completely. Mm. So, true happiness and eternity happiness is in the hereafter waiting for you. Mm. So and that's the way I've lived my life. That's the way I've lived my life. And that's not to say that's the only way to find happiness, but that's that's my journey that mm. I'm on, you know. Um yeah. you know, I just I just can't wait for what what awaits. Yeah. That's that's really that's really beautiful. I think um we the, the example that I can sort of use there um of attaining complete happiness it's it's like it's like a mirage in a desert as you sort of walk towards um something that looks like water it it's not actually water you never actually attain whatever that illusion is so um i think that's that's so i think that's it's very it's very well said and i think you also mentioned there that this the the way to sort of get to this this point in your life it was a journey it wasn't just sort of one day at the drop of a hat you you sort of had this you had this it was it was it was definitely a journey that 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 sort of started from somewhere and you mentioned their um, your parents as well. Um, they moved from Lebanon in in in, in the nineteen seventies. I'm assuming was that due to the the Lebanese civil war at the time. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, that that was the case. Oh yeah. And I guess the question that we that we wanted to I guess ask was you know what was sort of life like for your parents and and in your in your discussions with them, what was your life like sort of 
from their perspective, particularly having moved in a time when, you know, the white Australia policy had just been, had just been lifted. Um, you know, what was life like trying to assimilate into a culture that was, you know, still very much in its infancy and, and hadn't really been defined yet? Mm. Yeah, honestly, I'll be honest. There was, there's this like barrier between me and my mm. parents and for a long time, only until recent where I've been having to have, have uh, open conversations mm. about certain things in life. But, and that's something hopefully we, I can change with, with, with my, with my children growing mm. up. And that's not to devalue their, them one little bit. That's just the way they were brought mm. up. And, you know, they did it tough. They did it so much tougher than what we are doing today because, you know, like you said, it was a journey. It was a tough journey for them moving from a country that, you know, that was broken, that was torn um, into a, a country where am I going to be accept- accepted? Are people going to understand me? Mm. Because that was there was the cultural barrier, the language barrier, which was so tough for mm. them. And, um, you know, they used to work night and day just to be able to support for us. And, uh, you know, you know, every generation will face their own challenges, but that was their challenge uh, throughout society. You know, having a, such a simple job where they were earning very minimal, but they had to accept it because you know any sort of income that came in was you know another day in our lives. Mm. You know, to bring us up. So, you know, today we've got we've got the uh, the pleasure to to be able to choose pretty much whatever job that yeah. we want and whatever income that we want. And even doesn't make us happy. So for them, they just had that one way, and they accepted it, um, and, and and they live life that way. And, and that's why like, it's funny because dad and mum, you know, whenever I, I travel and I do things, and you know, you might think it's, um, you know, it's overspending and, and living life, but them, they, 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 when they see me spending an extra dollar, where I don't really need to be spending, they just freak out. They like, man, like you, you know. You guys, you guys should have had it the way we had it. You know, you, you will never think this way. I said, well, at the end of the day, this is God's given me this. It's a blessing. You know, what what am I? What am I? Am I meant to fill up my bank account and just let it sit there and let someone else enjoy it? No. You know, I give my in charity. I take care of people. I, you know, I look after my family. I have fun because you can have fun in the right way, of course. And then my dad look at me and say, you know what? You're right. You know what? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, so they did have it really tough, and uh, that's the only thing that they kind of I've kind of had a ch- you know chat and conversation with them about where yeah, it, it was very very tough for many avenues in their life. And you know what? To their credit, they made it through. Mm. You know, yeah. they they made even with the very few English words that they had in their <laughs> vocab, they 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 made it. They made yeah. it. So um, you know, credit credit to them. Mm. Credit to them. I can definitely identify with the yeah. finance part because my mum still has access to my bank accounts, yeah. so she can actually see all my transactions <laughs> leaving my account. So I can definitely identify with that. She's she's talked to me about it as well. <laughs> she's talked to you about it as well. Oh no! Yeah. And, and Sunny's like, the best. Per- spending way too much. Yeah, and Sunny's the best person with money. I tell you that right now. <laughs> Uh, I, I probably identify closer with your parents there better um, and I th- I, it's actually it's actually an interesting yeah. point because like I guess we're all like different generations are taught with different values and different things are instilled in them and I think sometimes it's really hard when those things have been rooted in you from a very early age um, when you see society change you kind of it's very easy to become very um, I guess the word is like critical of how society progresses because I imagine for us mm. there's also values that stick with us and as society progresses over the next couple of decades it's very easy to be critical and point fingers and say that back in our day we didn't have this and that and so I'm curious you know for you have you probably like uh, two parts of the same question around um, this idea of education because for Mank and I 
um, we've found quite interesting as we go um, <clears throat> into our 20s and as we enter our 30s and, and so forth, that <clears throat> part of our responsibility is also sharing what we've learned with our parents because they haven't had this language or this uh, articulation of uh, kind of their own mental health or stories and the way society is now because yes they're still able to perceive it and understand it and see it but i think that understanding and being able to share those stories i think for us mank and i we've we've felt that responsibility to share and part of that has come from being part of the podcast and having these conversations front of mind it's made us a lot more easy like a lot more prone to starting conversations around mental health. So for you, I'm wondering, um, have you felt that you've had to put on that cap um, around that educational piece and, and sharing um, new lessons that you've learned with your parents? And um, I guess as as you as you go on this journey with, with your kids as well, um, still retaining some of the aspects of what your parents have taught you, but also showing them kind of the new way of life. Is that something that you have thought about or, or navigating at the moment at all? Oh, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Obviously, uh, you know, there's certain things that I want to uh, maintain, the ability to, you know, to calm loved ones, with our young ones, because, um, you know, we never had that growing up. You know, if we had an issue or a problem in our life, you know, the last person would turn to is our mum and dad because they would just look at it from a negative perspective and they will just say, move on, you know, why are, are you nagging about? Or, you know, it's why you are about such something, something so small. Um, which in fact, it could be something large, you know, or, or huge in your life. So that was one thing that I didn't have with my parents, no doubt. I mean, the first honest conversation I had with my dad was the time I wanted to get married. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to, I was interested in this girl. And obviously that was one value that, you know, I love of my parents, that the fact that the respect that you should show to your parents and seek their advice, seek their blessing when you're interested in, in a partner. You know, obviously, you know, you want to get their blessing. That's for sure. So uh, that's part of our customs and our traditions that you seek the permission of the, of the mother and the father and get their blessing. So that was the only mm-hmm. first serious conversation I had with my, my parents growing up. And that was like at the age of 18, 19. Mm. Obviously, young. <laughs> I got married pretty early, but I was mature and ready for that. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But I don't want that. I want, with my children, you know, I want them to, to respect us and to feel like, okay, we are your mother and father, so have the element of respect. You know what I mean? Don't raise your voice, etc. cetera. Um, but at the same time, befriend, befriend, you know, have that them as, as their mates. You know, the, the fact that anything's happening in their life, we want to be their first point of contact where they can come and discuss things with us and mm-hmm. hopefully direct them in the right direction because there's no one out there that truly loves and cares for yeah. you more than your own beloved parents. And I know it's hard because, you know, this is mm-hmm. some, some viewers out there that might not have a mother or father out, out there and I... I apologize for this, um, but there will be someone important in your life that will care for you uh, and love you as much as your parents mm-hmm. if you don't have parents, of course. So there's always someone out there that cares for you and loves you. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my advice is to always seek assistance and advice and help mm-hmm. from others. And you know, don't, don't, don't bottle yourself up, mm-hmm. as they say, and, and keep everything in. You know, yeah, yeah. keep, keep yeah. everything into yourself because you can't do it on your own. You just can't do things on your own. Certain things you'll do in your life, yeah. but the more you open yourself to those who you can trust in your life, the more mm. you'll be happy in your life. Um, and I've had that. I've been very fortunate to have that in my life. I've had mm. a friend or two where mm. I can open up and have their trust. I didn't have that with my parents. That was a lot, like I said, the last thing I could do is mm. open up to my parents, but I want to change that with my kids and have us as their first point of contact where mm. they can say, you know, mom, dad, I'm going through this in my life. What's your advice? I'm struggling 
and being able to conversate with them and don't feel have that harsh approach that my parents would have would have had would have had on us because if you approach them really hard and feel like mm-hmm. it's all sweet you know what are you talking about depression doesn't exist or mental health doesn't it exists it's out there and i don't care how faithful you are and you know i used to be early on i used to feel like you know i used to have this conversation with my friends uh, muslim friends and i said man how can you possibly fall into depression when you have islam mm. in your life where your true purpose in life is worshiping god and you've got a greater a greater greater purpose and where you know you're living your life for the hereafter but it actually exists and it took me a while to, to realize that people can still still be faithful at the same time go through challenges in their life um so you know it took me a while because I, I never experienced that and I, I felt like it was never out there but it is out there the reality is people of all walks of life doesn't matter how happy you are in life or how think how good you think things are going in your life there, there could be something that is stopping you and, and really um not not you know not making you move forward in your life so i think my advice is you know to have find that loved one or the person in your life where you can fully trust and and open up because there are people out there that care for you and that love you and they want the best for you you know it's uh it's, it's important it's important it's important to be around people positive people that are going to help you along your journey i know i, I answered mm. this question from all angles man oh, but man. um i love it yeah man. i think that's that that's it's no. it's yeah like i said the, the one thing i've there's many things in my life to, to sum up where i would love to implement through what my parents parents taught me and, and pass on to my kids and it's many things in my life that i don't want to i want to leave out without disrespecting them because they actually in a way i think i don't think they knew any better so yeah. they were kind of ignorant to it mm. uh, which you can fully fully understand and uh you know appreciate the way they live their life because it's it's different every generation yeah. is different yeah you you raise a just a quick comment there um around so i what some of my closest friends uh are islamic you know they are very devout and they follow the faith bacha and uh some of them are actually are still navigating their own mental health challenges and you just kind of highlighting that um it's i never even thought about that you know when you've got islam and when you've got the prophet and peace be upon him in your life that you know how can you go through mental health challenges and things like that so you just brought a whole new idea into my head around that because um it is out there uh, i think um you know back to your point um, not that i think but it definitely is mm. out there and I, I think it's important to pay attention to the fact and recognize that that still mm. exists and you can still go through your own journey mm. and be a better human yeah. on the other end of that no yeah. doubt. No doubt. how no doubt. No doubt. how would you about and, and of course if, I, if i'm overstepping the mark with this question then more than happy to sort of move on but i would love i'll be very interested to to know Hypothetically, if someone were to come up to you, were, were to come to you and, and sort of confide themselves and, and and I guess unburden themselves onto you in terms of their own kind of mental health challenges, how would you sort of go about navigating that type of conversation? Given your, your, your I guess like your through the lens of your faith and through the lens of um, all the teachings that you've learned from from your parents and 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 the teachings that you've that you've learned throughout your life, how would you sort of go about navigating that conversation? No, no doubt. Obviously, that's a. Uh... You know, it's, it's, I haven't had many, many people approach me about, about that, but you can see, you can see the challenges that our youth are facing out there. And, um, you know, having very fortunate that I've had the running the academies and that, and we travel and, you know, spending time with our youth, you, you, you run leadership sessions that allow them to open up about issues and certain things happening in their life. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're not fully qualified about, you know, obviously dealing through the issues and, and helping people, but, you know, you generally got a good sense to, to help people and 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 um and, and help them get out of this this um this this hopefully short term uh, problem or, or 
issue that they have in life. And if it's quite large, we re- I generally refer them to uh, people that are more experienced and qualified, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's something that you can generally, generally um, help and uh, the one thing my, my one thing I've learned is that the best way to do this is is to, to run an activity with them and you know to go back and to 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 ask them what makes them feel happy or what makes them happy on a day to day basis. You know we've got this beautiful activity that we ran at Richmond Football Club. It's so simple anyone can do it. You know we call it a daily eighty. You know because we understand that one hundred percent of the time you're not going to be happy. We mentioned that before, you know, this life is not designed to make you fully happy. But what we're trying to do is establish 80% of the day yeah. happiness and what makes you happy on a day-to-day and remind yourself of what makes you happy. Mm. What are you passionate about? You know, and I love this exercise. So I run it every single year with the academy students because it, it reminds me of what mm. makes me happy. And you get to write these sort of things that you do on a day-to-day basis. And it doesn't have to be on a day-to-day basis, but generally on a day-to-day basis speaking what makes you happy. And when you remind yourself of what makes you happy and you continue to do the things that make you happy, generally you're going to be in a positive headspace as opposed to, you know, because you can take, sometimes you can take for granted what makes you happy. Um, So it's super, super important to, to, to really um, write the things down and and try to actively do the things that make you happy. Um, You know, the other thing is, Mm. is gratitude, just being grateful for something in your life. Like surely, 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 surely not everything Mm. in your life is happening that, is, is happening in your life is bad. There's something in your life that is working. There's something that you should be grateful for. And the moment you can remind yourself about being grateful for mm. something in your life, um, it, it potentially can shift your mindset to, to, to being positive and hopefully can get it, get, mm. yeah, get you out of this hole. But like I said, it's a, it's a tough one. It's an issue that's happening mm. in society. Um, but I, I just, I just like to, to go, go about these sort of things with yeah. simplicity um, and don't complicate things because people don't want complications in their life. They want things that, you know, that is simple that they can implement in their life sooner rather than later and hopefully be back on the right path and, and see see positivity in their life moving forward. But that's, that's I guess, in simple words, what how I would help a person potentially get out of, um, you know, um, an issue or something that they're facing that is, that is, that is difficult in their life. And I, I know I said, because what I've, because what happens is that that is attacking attacking uh, in that manner. It doesn't it doesn't just um, hap- doesn't mean that you know you. It's just uh, narrowed for for Muslims only. This is this is this is broadly speaking. This is for everyone. What makes you something's got to make you happy in your life. Whereas if I'm speaking to someone who's Islamic or someone of faith, you know you go back onto you know what your existence, why you why you exist mm-hmm. in this life, and what what is your role and you know, um, trying to look for things that, you know, that make you think about the greater perspective of life and not about just the current problem that you're in at the yeah. moment. So, um, you know, there's ways of tackling things based on the person that you're dealing with. You touched on a very good point around the Daily 80. And uh, I know at Richmond, you guys had the three H's as well. And um, you've spoken very positively about Dimmer's uh, EQ and, and the role that that's played in your own development and your own coaching and, and ability. And I'm curious to know for you, um, what role has Dimmer played um, for you as, as a mentor and as a coach? Because I know that mentors are incredible. And I think if you if you fail to recognize the importance of mentors in your life, 
I think you can't really unlock the true the true capability that you have as an individual person um, that's destined for you. Mm. And for you, I'm curious to know um, maybe Dimmer's impact on you and, and also if there are people off the field, because I think a lot of people would be very curious about, you know, the idols and mentors that you have, you know, at the mosque or, you know, the prophet, peace mm. be upon him or um, whoever it might be and, and sort of how they guide you. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, uh, you know, uh, my mentors growing up as a young as a young lad in this country was, uh, you know, I didn't really have many, to be quite honest. I, I had a couple of close friends. And at the time, I didn't really call them mentors. I just called them, you know, beloved friends, you know, friends that just mm. cared and, and valued what what I wanted to do in my life. And, you know, one of them was like as old as, as my father or just, just mm. below. And then the other one was just about two or three years older than me who, who helped me navigate through my football journey and allowed me to, to reach my absolute maximum. Um, it, it's so important to have someone mm. to to be able to, to to guide you in your life. And I had a, I had a you know obviously a life footy mentor, and then I also had a spiritual mentor, and that is you know my local sheikh imam at the at the mosque. Where you know uh, you know the more I implemented my faith values, the more it helped me uh, excel in my football. Because you know people think how does that how does that work? You know spiritual uh, growth and, and life growth. And growth mm. they they intertwine that's that's for sure because you know faith and islam has taught me so many great values that i've i've been able to implement into my football career so many things mm. discipline uh punctuality honesty uh having respect these are all these beautiful values that one should instill in their life mm. which i was taught through my imam and you know obviously my my journey into becoming a better muslim in this life has taught me mm. become that great a footballer to be very very honest it, it taught me how to work extremely hard mm. things that just happen to come your way and you know just by for the sake of it you've got to work you've got to put your your hard work in and go out and and look for your you know um for for for, for things that you want in your life it's just not going to happen for you by sitting on your on your couch mm. you know there's a beautiful saying in our you know in our in our in our faith that you know things don't come to you by sitting on the couch you need to get out do what you have to do and then leave the rest to God. Mm. Okay. God doesn't tell you that, mm. yeah, because I've written for, for it to happen to you, for you, that you just sit on your couch and expect mm. it to come to you. It's not going to happen. Go out. You know what I mean? Go out and mm. look for that, for that, um, you know, that, uh, that treasure. Uh, and then, you know, if it's good for you, I'll allow it for you to happen. Mm. So yeah, having people around your life to, to help you and assist, assist you is so mm. important. Um, because it could be something so, so simple. I remember my mentors, you know, there was times where I'd struggle to, you know, to, to train because I just, I just, I just feel like I've had a big day and I, the last thing I want to do now is just train, but having that person that was motivated mm. and saw the greater picture and knew what my, the goals that I had in my life always used to remind me, man, Hey, hey you know, it's like, do you remember what you want to do and what you mm. want to be in your life? Mm. I said, yeah. He goes, what is it? I said, oh, I want to play AFL. He goes, okay you know, this next session that if you miss it, it's going to impact mm. on your career. Oh, really? Mm. Just one session? Yes, yes, just one session because one session becomes two, yeah. three, four. Before you know it, you lose motivation mm. and it goes down the drain. So I was so grateful to have someone there because if I didn't have someone there, I'll tell you, I wouldn't be where I am right now. That's for sure. Mm. Um, one of the, um, you mentioned there around, around mentors, their, their batch, and I almost feel like you know, as your role as an AFL footballer, you have now become a mentor. I feel like you guys, not maybe mentor is probably not the, the right word, maybe more of a role model to, I guess, like the people of, of your community, um, of, of people who obviously practice the Islamic faith as well. 
Um, and people, even for people like me and Sunny, I think even though we're, we're, we're not, um, we don't practice Islamic faith, we, we definitely see someone who is, who is of a different cultural identity to the majority of, the, of, of AFL players. And, and we have looked at you as, as a role model for us and, and how to sort of break into, break into the industry. Did you kind of feel that sense of, you know, did you sort of have that sense of responsibility to the Islamic, to the Islamic community, um, you know, to act as that perfect role model? And, and did you ever feel pressure? Um, did this kind of pressure ever impact your performance on the field? Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I uh, battled that for the first few years of my football career where it was about pleasing people around me and, and the community. And, um, and, and it was very, very tough because, like you said, you just, you just didn't want to stuff up because people, you know, looked at you as this role model because all of a sudden you appear on the TV um, which, you know, to be very honest, I actually, I love this because it kept me accountable. Um, because can you imagine mm. that if you didn't really have much value in society um, and you weren't seen as potentially a role model, when you do muck up, people, it goes unnoticed. But if you do muck up and you are a role model, um, it's it's a bigger burden on your shoulders. So it allowed me to stay on my toes and, and always be, you know, alert that hey there's people watching me it doesn't matter where you are people are watching you <laughs> even to to the extent of probably in your sleep people are watching you that you know that mm. you, you're yeah. seen as as this you need to be this perfect role model and you can't muck up um you know not to say that i was this perfect human being no doubt i had my i've got my um shortcomings that's for sure but you know just it, it was always the I had to be careful of, of what I was doing every step, even the fact that I was, when I was walking to the mosque or what I would do, because I would always, I knew that always at least one young kid will be looking at me the way I'm praying, the way I'm sitting, the way I'm speaking, the way I'm spiritually in that moment. I always was always, and I was always, someone was there watching me, what I was doing. And sometimes I used to love, like even till today, I love to step out and do things on my own sometimes just to be basher. I just felt like this this basher is just he's not he's just he's not this robot that is perfect. You know, I do want to have fun. I sometimes I just want to do something that is a bit cheeky uh, and not be judged upon. You know, and that's why I like to step out sometimes to the bush, uh, sometimes go fishing on my own in the water where no one can see me. Not that I'm going to do something mm. stupid, but just being me and not having someone always looking looking over my shoulder. But at the same time, I was so grateful and I I love the fact that you know uh, you know people were always looking at my dealings in my life because it made me actually a better person because, um, you know, I just, I didn't want people to think that mm. I, I was, uh, you know, I, I was a good person. I was a great person that, you know, very, really mucked up um, because and I wanted to be that positive role model that people, young generation would look up and hopefully, you know, be like me and even better than me growing up because I felt like my journey was true and I felt like the journey I was on, um, I was happy. And I wanted mm. people to be on that same journey. Mm. That's that's probably the perfect way to sum it up. Yeah, you you touched on a good point there, Bacha. Around um, there's a there's a quote that a friend shared with me once, uh, and this was when I was <laughs> leaving my other job. And obviously, you've got you know a couple of weeks before you leave. And he was like to me, you know, Sonny, you don't know who's watching for the first time, 
And I think that's hold, that's held so pertinent for me as I go through different situations, because whether it's a presentation, whether I'm chatting to someone or whoever it might be, um, you don't know who's interacting or making that first impression with you for the first time. And I think that is a very humbling thing as you go through uh, life, because I think sometimes there's all these different micro habits that add up and accumulate. You know, I'm, I'm really big in habit formation uh, and this idea that, you know, if you're not very conscious and intentional about how you go about life, that these micro habits will seep up and accumulate over time and you'll be a completely different person in about a decade's time than what you had even planned or visioned. Um, and I want to loop this back into um, kind of, you know, your 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 role within the AFL community. And um, often what we're hearing now is, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges at the intersection of religious beliefs, cultural beliefs and lifestyle, you know, um, this idea of, you know, homosexuality and uh, Islam in the same team with like the manly pride jumper that we're seeing in the news. And, um, you know, I'm curious to know, like for you, and I know you probably get this question <laughs> quite a bit, um, you know, how, how do you go about kind of balancing these conflicting cultures, which are often under the same roof? And did you often find sometimes that you did have temptations uh, in whatever form that they were, um, and you might have been regressing one way of the one way or the other, but you know you had to bring yourself back. Um, you know, was this something that you kind of, um, yeah, was this something that challenged you at all? Uh, not, not really, to be quite honest. And uh, not being very socially active on social media helps as well, because sometimes, you know, um, when you're active on social media, you know, you're probably more inclined to make comments and sometimes these comments do cause a lot of conflict etc so I, i'm a guy honestly i've lived my life where just you are who you are like at the end of the day um it, it is it is what it is like it's who am i to judge the reality is who the hell am i to judge you based on your you know who you are for whatever you choose to be in your life at the end of the day you choose your life the way you want and if, it, if you're happy good on you you know if i can help you come out of and I stand this to happiness, I'll help you. Um, but I'm not going to judge you because ultimately the true judge is Allah, the creator. That's why I live my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I'll do the best I can to, 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 you know, to be the, a good person in my life. And, and those people that I can help be a good person around me, be a good person. Um, that, that's my role. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, if, if I don't agree with something in my life, you know, for, you know, someone being homosexual, etc., at the end of the day, if I'm not happy with, with that, then I should shift my environment and leave. You know, we live in, I live in the environment where I choose to come live in Australia, okay, where it's evident, it's out there, okay? If I'm not happy with it, then I should leave. Why, why should I just make comments which, you know, which potentially upset people, which it's probably not going to do much good? Um, you know, if just, I, I don't know where I'm getting with this, but... The reality is if something is not for me, I just, um, you know, I just stay quiet. I just stay quiet at the end of the day because that's, you know, that's the world we live in and that's people, that's people's choice. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the beautiful statement that I always hold really dearly in my heart is the, the statement of our beloved prophet. And he said to us, if you have nothing good to say, then remain silent. If you have nothing good to say, then remain silent. Okay. So, and that's me. You know, if I haven't got good words to say, then I'll do my best to stay silent. Otherwise, if you're getting this person is always making comments for the sake of it, you're going to upset people out there. You're going to cause conflict, etc. So, you know what? I better just shut my mouth, okay? I'm happy in my life. 
keep it that way. If I can help and assist people, I'll do my best. And that's 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 the journey I live in. I live in. So for me, I just accept people of all works, walks of life, you know. And I'm gonna be honest. Am I, uh, you know, you know? Obviously, Islam doesn't accept accept homosexuality. Do I go out of my way and say, yeah, I accept it? No, I won't. Obviously, I won't accept it. But you choose your way of life. That's it. You do it. I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna treat you any differently because you're you choose the way you the way you want to live your life. That's that's you. That's you. If that makes you happy, good on you. You know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, I'm just some some people out there just so inclined to make comments and you know it just it just brings uh it brings a lot of conflict in society where you you know my me my my my, my purpose in life, in life to, to to see peace amongst amongst people there are differences mm-hmm. you know out there how how can we unite with our similarities etc so yeah it's, it's it's a tough topic it's a tough very very tough topic but yeah. look thankfully i haven't had to deal with that situation like you know i always say you know the, the the pride round and that sort of stuff. Where yeah, it, it, if it came my way, I would have would have been challenged because you know do do I choose to wear that Guernsey? Um, uh, you know I never had to be challenged that way, and I thank God I didn't. I think that's the way of God protecting me that you know I never had to get to that situation. But you know I'll do my best to, to approach it in a way where I'm do, I'll do my best not to upset anyone. If something is not befitting in my life, I stay away from it. That's it. But not make a big issue out of it. That's that's what I'm trying mm. to get to. Not make a big issue out of it. So, mm. yeah, that's it. Just there are walks, different walks of life, uh, living, existing, and uh, you know, just it is what it is. That's in the, the day. Mm. If you're not happy, then you shut your mouth. Sorry for those words, and and move away from that environment that that you're you know that you're caught up in. So, mm. um, I haven't had to get to that. That's for sure because that's just my the way I approach my life. That. Yeah, you know, I'm nobody to judge anyone, mm. uh, and that's that's the way it should be. I just want to take this moment as well, Batcher, and I think I would just want to really want to thank you for your honesty. Like we we um we really value people that come on here and 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 share have that kind of genuine um, way of coming across, and, and we can definitely see that, Batcher. So we really wanted to thank you for um for for sharing that with us. We. Um, obviously we are, you know, we're mindful of time and, um, you know, we've, you've got little kids to, to drop off to kindergarten. We, we don't want to take that away from you, uh, Batcha. Um, we, we've, we've, sp- we've spoken so much in this conversation. Um, and, and one thing, the last sort of topic we wanted to sort of touch on is, is around, around this idea of legacy. Um, you know, we touched on this early in the conversation. You know, one thing that is guaranteed in this life is that you know, we will leave this earth one day and what will be left with us on this earth is, is our legacy. And, um, you know, we feel like we're you're living through your you, we, from an outsider looking in, it looks like you're living out your legacy through the Batcher Hawley Foundation. But I would love to, um, you know, to get some for those who aren't, aren't really too familiar with the, with the foundation um, to get more insight into that and, and how that kind of came about. Yeah, we we started with for a humble uh, program, a Victorian-based program, Academy, in 2013, and uh, you know we've grown now to have you know 12 national programs. We run uh, multiple programs all around the states and uh it's a foundation that is focused on muslim young boys and girls and uh, helping them be the best versions of themselves and you know we first started these programs based on football programs and developing them to become great footballers and have potentially afl footballers in the future but you know we felt like that it's 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 hard it's hard to become an afl player and you know that it is it is a minority out there that's for sure but what else can we focus on in our programs that you know that everyone will, will benefit out of um and for us we we focused on you know 
how to make them better, better leaders and, and part of society and, um, you know, how to excel in their field, whatever fields they, they pick in their lives um, and being the best version of themselves. And at the same time, being proud of your identity as proud Muslims Australians. So, you know, the fact that you're Muslim, okay, you can achieve what you want to achieve out there. Um, and don't mm-hmm. let this uh, in your life hold you back because it didn't help, didn't hold me back. I found that an opportunity and I excelled in it. And I felt like, you know, this is an opportunity to educate others around me. You can do the exact same thing. You know, I did it on the footy field and off the footy field. You can do it in your in your work, in your other sport that you choose, whatever it may be. So just trying to instill great leadership skills in these young men and women and being uh, being off, being able to offer them uh, every tools that they can add into their life to, to, to excel in their lives and, and feel part of society, that's for sure. So we've got a number of programs. We've got school programs. We've got academies. We've got employment programs. We, yeah, so we're, we're very, very fortunate to be in a position where we are, we are right now and having so many people working for this great cause because it, it's actually it's actually not work. It's, it's more of a passion because when you see people benefit in life and be, be better people, that's what makes you happy and that's what makes me happy, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, I have one question that sort of comes out of that as, as you're speaking there, the bachelor. And um, wanted to ask as well. One of the ways of, of dealing in of being of practicing Islamic faith, particularly in, in today's society, is there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise that's happening in this world. Um, you know that there's there's a lot of people that you news know, that, and noise. Yeah, news and noise, and you know the, the fact the fact of the matter is that there are some people out there who sort of paint people with the with with the single brush in a sense so whenever sort of a any any event kind of happens for example like you know the the, the London tube bombings that happened on 11 people tend to paint everyone with a single brush would love to know and, and get some insight into you you know what your message is to young sort of islamic um, youths out there in our community how to sort of deal with the, that kind of noise mm. yeah it's, it's it is a tough one that's why that's why i said it's a, it's a challenge that we're, what we're dealing with right now with this identity crisis and you know helping the, our youth um you know, our young Muslim boys and girls, be proud of their identity and don't let that dishonor of, of having Islam in your life hold you back, okay? Because of this negativity that's happening in society. Um, rather look at it as an opportunity. Yeah, it's hard. It is very hard because you feel like you're not going to be accepted by, you know, by your work or, you know, your, your work colleagues or your school that you go to. People can look at you differently because you've got a name of Muhammad, Ahmed, Mustafa, you know, Khadija, whatever it may be. So it, it is a very, it's a huge challenge. It is a challenge out there. And that's what we're, we're battling right now. Is how do we rectify this? And how do we inspire this youth to, to, to don't shy away from your name. Don't call you, yourself Mo uh, as Muhammad, you know. Uh, it's, use this as, as an honor, okay? Uh, this is an honor that you, that you have in your life. Um, and use that to your advantage, that's for sure. Because I, I use that to my advantage, that's, that's for sure. So, um, and my message that I have to, to the youth growing up now is, you know, we, we believe in, the, in, in, in God's plan and what he's planned for you. Uh, and the reality is whatever avenue you take, at the end of the day, whatever God has, has written for you will happen. And, um, you know, if you have that word we use in Arabic, tawakkul, if you have that dependence and that reliance in, in God, um, you'll be all sweet. Because you know that whatever is going to happen to you is, is from God. Whether you choose this way or that way, it's going, you're, gonna, you're actually going to end up at the same spot. You've got a choice of which way you want to take it. You're, if you're, if, if God's plan for you for that job to happen, it's go, it's going to happen. Whether you took, take it in a in a way where you use Islam as an honor, 
or you use Islam as a, you know, as a way where it's holding you back. The, the, the destiny, the, the end result is going to happen, whatever, whatever way, um, you know, you look at it. So I just, I just like to, you know, always remind my younger brothers and sisters that try to do your best to have, you know, your, put your alliance and depend on, on, on God and, and you'll be, you'll be all sweet. Um, but you've got to put in the effort. That's for mm-hmm. sure. So, um, you know, don't let, don't let your identity hold you back. That's, that's probably the way I want to sum, sum it up. Don't let your hand use this as a way where, you know, this is an honor, um, and, and very proud of it. And, uh, and, and things will happen for you. That's for sure. Because when, when you're sincere with your values, whatever have, whatever sort of values you have in your life, it doesn't have to be, you know, Islamic values. It could be any other values that you have in your life and you're true to them and you're honest and you're consistent with those values. People will accept you for who you are. Mm. But if you're one that is around the corner and making excuses and is a hypocrite to an extent, you know, not living by your values, then people are just going to disrespect you. Yeah. They're not going to take you serious and for real. So be, be authentic in your values for whatever you stand for. And people, majority of people out there will accept you for you, yeah. for mm. who you are. And that's, that's what I, I seen in my life because I didn't say that I was this Muslim that prays five times a day, doesn't drink alcohol, doesn't go going out, doesn't go out to nightclubs, you know, all this or you know, that, that eats halal food, but then doesn't eat halal food. You know, I wasn't this type of person. I was pretty sincere and, 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 and pretty staunch in my way of life. And, People look at you and they say, "Well, this guy's this guy's fair dinkum. This guy's serious about his life." Mm. Okay, so there has to be an element of respect there, and I think that's there's a message out there for for those youth that are growing up that be sincere in your values, be honest and consistent, and you will see happiness and success and respect out there from from people. That's for sure. It is magnificent, man. I I can speak for Mankia, but we absolutely love everything that you've shared, Bacha. Um, so lots of love for us and I think this is um, I'm very conscious of time and just one thing I just want to close out with is um, this is exactly why we focus on storytelling because um, there's going to be a lot of people listening in Bacha that um, are, you know they follow Islam or they don't follow Islam but they're able to identify with different pockets of your story right there you know when you deconstruct your whole entire story um, elements around your values elements around your parents elements around growing up in Australia in a western society people can identify with that and see parts of their own story in in yours so just want to say thank you um has been an awesome conversation and i uh, hope you've had a bit of fun as well <laughs> yeah uh, thanks uh, Gerard. i did no. i did time time went by so quick yeah. so now i can see why you said you wanted 70 75 minutes <laughs> it's, uh, it definitely goes it yeah. goes by so quick so apologies for the uh the, the, the short in time but yeah. um um yeah appreciate you guys having me on and hopefully uh you know hopefully people can take a thing or two out of this and and also, it's not only for, for others, but for myself, it's also a reminder, you know, when you talk about these sort of blessings and things that have worked for you in your life, it's actually a reminder to to hold you accountable for, for the person you are and what you've become. So, you know, it's always good to share these moments because it, it makes you even more humble and it reminds you to be grateful of the, of your existence and, and what has happened in your life. So, yeah, so I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Raja. Here's to a part two one day. <laughs> um, um, but take care, man. Uh, there's, there's a lot of depth to you. Uh, hope you have a wonderful day. And um, yeah, looking forward to connecting at some stage again uh, very shortly. And, and best of luck with the Bacha Huli Foundation. Whatever we can do to support you, just let us know. And, and we're happy yeah, to play what we can. No worries. Thanks, brothers. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. you too, Thank you, Bacha. 
And that's a wrap for this episode. If you're enjoying our conversations, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All the conversations are recorded in video, so check us out on Instagram and Facebook at our handle at Bottled Up Oz. Drop us a comment or a message if any of these conversations resonate with you. And most importantly, please share this podcast with anyone who might need it. So as always, this is Bottled Up. Thanks for being part of our family and see you next time.